0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Station to Station. I'm your host, Michelle Bacon, and this is a recurring segment of the Center Cuts podcast, where I'll be going behind the stages, venues, and studios of Kansas City's musical landscape. A little background on me I'm a musician who's played in a couple dozen bands around Kansas City, including other Americans who you just heard in the intro music. And I'm also the content manager at 90.9 The Bridge, which you'll be hearing a lot more about later on in this episode. I've been writing about and working in Kansas City Music for the better half of the last decade. And because of that, I've had this really unique opportunity to connect with artists and music entertainment workers on a lot of different levels, from booking gigs to promotion, media relations, consulting, leading a band, songwriting, recording, and I feel really fortunate that I get to know so many talented people who elevate our city's music scene on a daily basis. So I wanted to have some conversations with them, and that's where this podcast comes in. Additionally, as part of my work at The Bridge, a couple of years ago, I did a digital series called Turning the Tables KC, where I chatted with female identifying musicians and music professionals about their experience in what's traditionally a male-dominated industry. My goal at the time was to look at underrepresented voices in music and start a new conversation about how we move forward locally and as a whole. For me personally, it added a lot of depth and meaning to my own work as an artist and a writer here in Kansas City, and I wanted to continue that conversation about other topics like that, different ways we can evolve and create space for more great music and art. As for the title, if you know me at all, you probably know that I'm a big David Bowie fan, and I lead a local tribute called The Band That Fell to Earth. So Station to Station was Bowie's 10th studio album in 1976 and is regarded as one of the most transitional and experimental albums that he did. And I like the title, so there you go. Before we get going, I want to give a big shout out to Patrick Spray, who hosts the Center Cuts podcast and is also a very big part of that label. Um, He asked me to do this segment a couple months ago when I was a guest on his show. Center Cut is providing a wonderful platform for artists in Kansas City, so I encourage you to listen and subscribe to this podcast. Now let's get on with the show. I'm really excited to welcome my very first guest, Sarah Bradshaw, music coordinator and on-air host slash DJ for 90.9 The Bridge.
1: <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me, Michelle.
0: Yeah, this is weird because <laughs> usually you are having me on for something. That's
1: true. That's true. I will say that this is interesting because this is the first time that we've been in the studio together mm-hmm. since this whole thing started. You know, we've been doing this all from our homes and. It's cool to be able to be in the same room with you, but also I feel weird. <laughs> it's like, I know, I, I do too. I don't, yeah. Well, talking into the mic, I'm, not with the mask. The mask, I'm not weird about it at all. I love yeah. the mask. All no, about I the mask, mask, man. Yeah. But the ha- talking into the mic with the mask, I'm like, am I, is this, am I? <laughs> like, yeah, do yeah I, it's like, what do I sound like, like right yeah, now? Like, <laughs> am I hearing, or do you hear my breath more because yeah. I'm in this mask? So it's oh, adding, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's, it's, adding, a whole, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> adding a whole, yeah, it's it's adding a whole new element to mm-hmm. the uh, to the equation that's been kind of interesting. But I'm really excited to be here. I think this is going to be an awesome experience, and I can't yeah. wait to see all of the different guests that you get throughout the coming months. And mm-hmm. so looking forward to this, Michelle Bacon.
0: Thank you, Sarah Bradshaw. You're welcome. Um, and the reason I chose you as my first guest is not only are you one of my closest friends, you are also somebody I've worked with since... I came here to the bridge in like 2015 or something like that. And you were the first person I met from the bridge in what, I think it was 2014. It was a long time ago. Yeah, (laughs) it was forever ago, but it was at the bottleneck. And we were doing the Mixmaster panel with our friend Nick Carswell. That was so awesome. Yeah, that was great. And I was just like, I saw you on a panel and I had heard about the bridge and I kind of listened, but I think you guys had just come to Kansas City. And so I didn't, I didn't really know anybody personally. And I was just like,
1: this woman is awesome. (laughs) And she knows stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That was Mixmaster Events, man. They, I met, I met a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, and I'm someone who is in the music industry. And the same with you. And so... Uh, Those still happen if you get a chance to go to those that just happened. Uh, If you get a chance to attend those when they happen, by all means, take it because it really is exactly what it's set up to be, which is a networking event and also an event that helps people, musicians, aspiring musicians really get Mm -hmm. to learn more about the industry. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, that was a good time. But we really connected at Folk Alliance, I think. That was like the second time we met. Yeah. And that's when we got to really hang out. That Mm -hmm. was cool. Oh, the Folk Alliance. Yes, And Folk Alliance also, if you ever get a chance to attend. Yeah. (laughs) As a musician, as someone who enjoys music, Mm -hmm. that's very much something to take part in. One day when people are allowed in rooms together again. Yes. The
0: 2021 conference has been, the live conference has been canceled. So hopefully 2022 will be the year and it'll be here in Kansas City. So
1: I look forward to that.
0: So yeah, thanks again for being with me, Sarah. Um, This is going to be a lot of fun. And one thing I really want to focus on with the folks I'm talking to is their contributions to Kansas City's music scene because, you know, there's a lot of information out there, which I do on the bridge and all kinds of other people do in Kansas City about different artists and stuff like that. But there's a lot of people doing stuff behind the scenes, and I think it would be really interesting for people to know exactly what you do at the bridge and kind of your origin story too, you know? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah.
1: Like, okay. All, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, now like, <laughs> when you say origin story, like, <laughs> okay, well, how far back are we going?
0: <laughs> I guess your origin story as related to music. Okay. <laughs> because, you know, I did, I, I want to know about where your passion for music came from. Cause one thing I love about you as a person is just that you are so passionate and you are so you're so you you're very effusive and, that's um, awesome, man. But, I
1: appreciate that.
0: Yeah, but I mean your passion for music is so it runs so deep, you it know. Does. And I want I want other people to know about that too. So so
1: let's let's start at the beginning. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's a very good place to start. I think so I just have always loved music. I don't have I mean, my family there aren't a bunch of people in my family that play instruments or things like that, but there has always been a lot of singing in my house and there has always been music in some form in regard to, you know, whether it be like a record playing or the radio playing. Um, And I I do remember like some of my earliest memories go back to listening to the radio, which is why I think I have such a love for the medium. Mm -hmm. I I remember being, I, I, I had to have been like three or four years old. I was really, really young. And I was in my sister's room and she was listening to the radio and it was dancing on the ceiling. And, you know, like the idea of dancing on the ceiling to a three year old is just like so mind blowing (laughs) that it opened up whole new worlds for me, you know, and it just kind of went from there. So from the idea of like dancing to the ceiling, I think one of my next memories, you know, dancing around the kitchen table with my sister to like walking like an Egyptian, or I'm dating myself, (laughs) 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 or pet shop boys, West End girls, you know, like being in my parents, like station wagon, driving down the road, hearing that song and asking them, you know, like asking my dad to turn it up, and Mm -hmm. just being a really young kid, but having those memories that have ingrained themselves in my psyche, and then, you know, move on however many years, like I just... I was always in my room making mixtapes for my friends making you know recording songs off the internet with the whole like tape and uh, ta- tape over a uh, like tape over a hole in a tape that I yeah. don't like um, <laughs> because I ran out of blank tapes or whatever you know like I don't know I just always there was an affinity there and I just I've always loved music you know I love singing I love instrumentation I just I don't know man I I always liked going to shows when I was young I hung out with bands throughout high school. When I thought about things that really resonated with me, you know, I mean, when you're a kid, I mean, I think everybody can probably, most likely connect with this at some point and that like you know when you're in school like there are certain subjects that you look forward to right, right? Mm-hmm. and for me it was always my music classes mm-hmm. it was always music it was music and art like everything yeah. else was fine right but music and art were like the classes that I always like and I and I wanted them it wasn't just like <laughs> oh cool it's music and art next like I couldn't wait until my music or it's just yeah it's just where my passion is so mm-hmm. And so you were also
0: a bit of a singer.
1: A bit of a singer. I mean, Not okay. a professional singer. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: You don't like to talk about this, but I'm just going to tell this story real quick. Okay. Of okay. when we were hanging out at your house, and then we went to your basement with you and your best friend, Karen. Yeah. And you guys started singing because the acoustics in there were actually amazing. Then you both started singing, and it was just like, wait a second. <laughs> How did I not know this about this person? <laughs> That she had this like amazing voice, I appreciate it. <laughs> so you do have some experience in music as well
1: I do, and I did I mean I did you've music. got do instruments I do <laughs> I mean, I can play the guitar to save my life i I grew up singing like I grew up mm-hmm. going to music class, and that was my instrument, and so you know, I did vocal competitions all throughout school um you know that was something that I always liked using my voice, and so radio was also a really good well, thing go. yeah. <laughs> <Because it's laughs> I have to use my voice for a living, which though I'm not singing, it does. I don't know. I mean, it feels it feels good. I like talking. I like talking to people. I like mm-hmm. talking to people about music. And so it's a. Yeah. I think it's a really natural fit, you know, which. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I do love what I do. So good. Yeah, I know. Right. That's, that's
0: a good thing. <laughs> that was my first question.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I really do. I love I love my job, man. I feel incredibly fortunate. -hmm. That I'm able to do what I do on a daily basis is kind of mind blowing. So yeah,
0: I know you got involved with the bridge very, very early on.
1: I did. That's another thing. I feel very fortunate in that I actually used my degree. So my bachelor's is in broadcast media, and I started volunteering at the bridge when I was in college. Back when it was in Warrensburg, and you know you can work there as a student. So I started volunteering, and then I eventually worked into a student position. And then I decided to go get my master's degree at UCM because I figured out that if I got my master's, it would allow me to continue a couple more years as a student so I could keep my student position at the bridge. (laughs) And it was like, you know, there were a lot of reasons why. I also found out that I really enjoy teaching. And and so, um, yeah, so I had... I, I worked at the bridge and then it came time to not work at the bridge anymore because <laughs> I had to graduate. Eventually I was yeah. not about to van wilder that situation. <laughs> so I, um, and so then I went to teach for a couple years and then John let me know that they were moving up here and he invited me to come up here and I interviewed and the rest is history.
0: Yeah. So the whole reason this podcast exists is to shine a light on, the great artists and performers we have here in town. So obviously that's a lot of what the bridge brought to Kansas city when you came here from Warrensburg. So, so yeah, and you were kind of part of that vision.
1: I was, and again, and I feel very fortunate that I was able to do that. And, and you know, John Hart, again, he, he called me um, and it's, it's his baby, man. Like the bridge wouldn't be here if not for John Hart. And he always had a vision of keeping it, local. I mean, that was really his thing. It was like, you know, his, his whole statement and, you know, one that is used by many people, I'm sure. But, um, you know, even the Beatles were local to Liverpool, you know? And so it was like, it was one of those things, like, we know that Kansas City has an amazing music scene. It's a shame that it doesn't have somebody to represent it. Why, why, let's try to fill that as much as possible. Let's try to be that instrument. And so, keeping that national and international music discovery going while also asserting that look this musicianship that we have is on par with all of these phenomenal acts that we're already playing why don't we play them throughout the regular playlist and that really is a thing that a lot of radio stations can't or or won't do and so you know being able to be part of that vision has been pretty cool
0: yeah and that was one thing that really struck me because it's very meaningful to the bands that I've been in, you know? It's like, again, playing local artists in rotation with these national, international touring artists, and it creates a little bit more value, I think, to us externally, to the audience, you know? Yeah. Um, So that's something that I was really interested in when I came to The Bridge, too.
1: I mean, we are a listener-supported radio station. And as and one of the things that we hear from people when they become members of the bridge time and again is, it, I come to you for the local. And that's what it is. Yep. And you've got to take that seriously. And the cool, I mean, the really awesome thing about it is that it's like, we honestly don't have to even like try that hard to search it out, which right? I think speaks yeah. volumes to the Kansas City mu- area music scene. Mm-hmm. It's like, the stuff just falls in the lap, man. It, it like... The submissions come in all the time, and we have enough on a constant basis to keep putting new music on air, just like we do with national and international artists. We have enough content to keep that up to date just as much as the other stuff. And that to me, I think really, just one more thing that really speaks volumes to the just crazy amount of good musicianship that we have in this community. And so being able to fulfill that role even that much more important it's vital and it's awesome
0: yeah and that kind of gets into the logistics of your job a bit too as the music coordinator you facilitate the playlist curation of the station i help.
1: yes yes you don't do it all i guess but (laughs) i don't yeah definitely don't want to take all the credit because no you
0: facilitate it though i do yeah um and you communicate with a lot of record reps and things like that so yeah let's talk about that
1: okay it's a very cool part of what I get to do, honestly. So if people don't know, one of the questions that I get from people when they find out that I work in radio, particularly from local musicians, how do I get my band played on your station? Mm-hmm. And that question is a large answer because there are a vast amount of things that go into getting music on the air, and they come at us from all kinds of angles. So the, the first thing is submission. <laughs> you have to submit something and so I can't play your music if I don't have it and yes. I know that seems like a really obvious really silly thing to say but is it a silly thing to say Michelle Bacon? it's not a silly thing to say why is it not a silly thing to say <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: like... well not everyone knows that yeah it's true <laughs> but yeah it's like that's we, exactly we right. do get and like you said earlier we get a lot of submissions so it's it is hard for us to keep up with all of it because there's so much great music coming out of this town right so and so
1: but and also so for instance um there might be several bands that i like that are guilty of it (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that like i might find out that they've got a new single because they post it on facebook (laughs) and like and they haven't sent it to the station (laughs) (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. like Please, in order for, the first thing, first and foremost, is to send us your music. You can check out the website at bridge909.org and figure out the submission process. That way, you can mail it to the station. You can find our address at bridge909.org, mail it to us in a physical form, email one of us. So, like, look up our names, look up our email addresses. All of that is at bridge909.org. Email us a sound file. That's the first step. So that is one way that we find new music. We also find new music however we can get it. So like word of mouth, I might find out about a band from someone who just saw them recently and really loved what they did. So that's one way. And that is a real thing. Chris Aguirre on the 8160 every Tuesday night, he has gotten so many bands just because people have emailed him and said, like, look, uh, can you add this to your your show? So the other way is we do talk to record reps. So there are still things like record labels. Those things are still very much a real thing that exists in the music industry. And many times, music labels, record labels, have a catalog of artists that they are, quote, unquote working. And that's one of the reasons why bands want to get signed. Like, what's the big deal with getting signed? What does that even mean? Well, when you get signed, you get a team of people working for you, putting you in front of people. And so when I talk to record reps, those are the people that they're working me people who have been signed to a major label, who have gone through those processes and are now part of that label. And so if Columbia is putting out a new artist, if you know, uh, Dirty Hit is putting out a new artist, if Polyvinyl is putting out a new artist, then they're going to call us, on a weekly basis and say, hey, this is who, this is one of my new artists. What do you think about this? And that enables us to know who's out there and get them on the air if there's somebody that we think work for the bridge. And that's another way. And so when Michelle's talking about the record reps that I talk to, that's the process that I'm going through. And it's an awesome process. It gets a little weird when we're like, oh, I don't really want to add that. <laughs> because how do you tell someone who is really like, passionate about an artist that they want played Mm -hmm. that you don't think it's a right fit for your station Uh, those conversations can get interesting but we just keep it honest you know Mm -hmm. we just keep it honest we just keep it real and and that's just kind of how it goes making sure that we're keeping Kansas City in mind and what we think bridge listeners are looking for and go from there so
0: how do you figure out what bridge listeners want to listen to
1: that is a big process. We are doing a bunch of research constantly, looking at blogs, listening to not only what record reps are telling us, but also what people are telling us uh, based on those blogs and different music posts and things like that kind of across the board. So just being aware. But also, I mean, Michelle, you're part of that process. And so when we talk about, I am not a big fan of the term taste maker. that term makes me want to vomit like it makes me want to vomit all over this microphone which i'm not going to do because don't don't, do that yeah like not to mention in the mask which would be really horrible (laughs) like mask vomit
0: (laughs) ew uh,
1: i'm cutting that (laughs) don't cut it leave it dude seriously mask vomit when i think of the word (laughs) tastemaker because like i'm not trying to like yeah okay Someone has to pick what to put on air. And so we have a committee at the bridge. That's how we do it. It's done by committee so that you get multiple ideas and opinions and consensus on what we think is good and what we think people will be interested in. And it really is a kind of democratic process that we partake in. And a lot of different factors go into it because we all bring our own ethnocentricities, right? Like we all bring our own ideas about what makes a good record. And so having several people in on that decision really, I think, helps out round, helps round out as best we can what we think bridge listeners would like. And we do that again, based on research, based on elements that make up Kansas City. Um, things that are interesting kind of in the ether at the time. Like, they, it's just, uh, it, that is such a complicated process when you really try to break it down and sit down and say, okay, well, how do you know what's good? And, uh, you know, and we don't claim <laughs> to know everything. Mm-hmm. We don't claim to know, like, whether we're, you know, 100% right all the time. We're not going to be 100% right all the time, but we can try our darndest to do what we think is best for the listener. And I think that's mm-hmm. where... I mean, I think that's the place that you start, you know? It's, it's the place that you start from and you go back to and you check in with time and again. It's not, okay, does Sarah like this record? Because there yeah. are records that we add that I don't like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's like, what is it about this record? Is there something here that people need to be aware of? So what is it for the, art, for the listener? What is it for the listener that makes this worth, a worthwhile record? And that is really the place that you start and then you go from there and you kind of feel your way through. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and that's really important to us is the music discovery aspect. Right. And all of this that you're saying really is, what to me, what makes the bridge so unique. Because, you know, I talk to other people about radio a lot, and they're just like, well, I never listen to the radio. Because it's all, you know, it's all kind of manufactured and pre-programmed by somebody in who knows where, you know. Um, And it's all... Kind of on this algorithm thing, and and the special thing about the bridge is it it is this committee of people, you know, and we aren't tastemakers per se, but we are music lovers. We want people to discover all of this cool stuff, whether we personally like it or not. You Mm. know, it's like we have these conversations in the committee every week, and one of us will be like, I hate this song so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not for every song. Well, not every song. No, no. But I mean, it'll happen. You know, it's (laughs) like one of us is really not going to like it. (laughs) But we'll understand like, okay, well, this person who likes this kind of music is going to be into it. And it has this interesting thing about it that makes it worth putting on the station.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. And that, you know, that is something because I and John Hart says it too. And whenever we go, I feel this is funny because there are so many elements of this that like fall into pledge, you know, like that fall into like our member drive Mm -hmm. aspect. But that is because when we do our member drive, we talk so frequently about all of the things that make the bridge what the bridge is. And if, you know, John used to always say, like, if you don't hear something that you don't like, then we're not doing our job. And and that really is true. It's, it's one of those elements, you know, you were talking about algorithms and how it isn't someone programming it from a remote place somewhere, you know, like somewhere far away from here. It's happening right here in Kansas city by people who live in Kansas city. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be things that you don't like because music discovery is not about an algorithm. It's not about playing. If you like this, then you'll like that. And there is nothing wrong with that. There are some really good things to be had there. Believe me, I have discovered some really great bands because of, if you like this, then you'll like that. Mm -hmm. But, I, as someone who enjoys music and music discovery, also want to be challenged, and I need that. I need that brain feed, man. And so getting a place like the bridge, getting to have that kind of programming that's not going to follow any kind of an algorithm that's going off of human interaction and content or contact is, uh, it's cool. (laughs) It's it's really awesome to be able to be a part of that and also to to be a member and to be here, you know, Mm -hmm. just really get the bridge. I dig it.
0: Yeah, and it's, the bridge is something that has, um, we have a lot of good relationships with community partners and stuff like that. And so I I just really, you know, yeah, it does kind of sound like we're in a pledge break right now. <laughs> so,
1: but That's okay. If people in this podcast that are listening have probably never listened, maybe never listened to our pledge drive. Yeah. So like, they're like, what yeah, are you talking okay. about? We are a listener supported non-commercial <laughs> radio station, which means 85% of our funding comes, comes from, from listener support. Members, and so- yeah. And again, when we have those pledge drives, it's, you know, we're talking about these very same things. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's a natural thing to happen, I think.
0: Yeah, but, but it is all about this community that we have. And, right. and that's kind of what this whole podcast is about. Again, our arts music community and how special it is and what we can do and what people in these guests that I'm having are doing to uplift it and make it, make it better and put it on a bigger pedestal.
1: Heterogenist. Called an opposite personality caught in the bottom net. Call it conglomerate without a consonant heterogeneous. Called an opposite personality caught in the bottleneck. Calling a conglomerate without a and heterogeneous.
0: Yeah, so somebody who's
1: been working in this field for quite a while. Yeah, like and 14 years. yeah Fifth sixteen. Sixteen years. Oh my oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, wow. It's almost an entire Billie Eilish.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I know. It's true, though, because I was thinking about how old she was the other day. I was like, man, I could technically be her
1: mother. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing. Yeah,
0: but it's okay. (laughs) And she's great. I love her. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But anyway, as somebody who's been doing this for 16 years, um, another thing I wanted to get at with this podcast was to talk about issues topics that are relevant to the music industry and things that need to be changed or experiences you've had. Topics of inclusion I know are are really, really important, especially not not only right now, they've always been important. Absolutely. but, But I think that recent events have magnified how essential it is that inclusion is something that's happening consciously, you know. Right. So what's What's something that's been on your mind as a person who works in this industry and that needs to be changed or something that you've noticed over your time doing this?
1: I will say, so I think you were saying earlier uh, when we were talking about how it's not just in this time, but how elements of equity and inclusion have always been important. Uh, But again, the lens is a little bit more zoomed in right now. And I think that that's definitely true. I think that it is helping everyone to be aware and that awareness is leading toward more equity in some ways. I think that there are leaps and bounds left to go. One of the problems that I've seen in the music industry forever (laughs) is the inclusion of women, um, and also the inclusion of races other than white um, and that's that's been a problem yeah,
0: uh, and that's yeah. something that's been in the news more um lately was right. with country radio specifically yeah um, having very low uh, female representation and
1: well okay, I mean uh, yeah absolutely and I mean, and if you look at things from like that colonial aspect right and and look at like the kind of white colonial hegemonic structure of our society then in ways it makes sense but it is time for it to change and change only happens when people make those changes and so I think right now is good because that awareness is there I think something that always happens during these times is people say oh well what's happening right now is great but we need to keep on it (laughs) and then it falls off Mm -hmm. and I think if as long as we keep having these conversations, then hopefully it won't fall off. But what the problem that I have seen, even when you look at something like say AAA radio, so we're classified as an adult album, album, adult alternative. I always screw those up. (laughs) Adult album, alternative radio station. That definition has changed and it's morphed over the years. The biggest, one of the problems that this, format has had as a whole is the inclusion of diversity and that is something that is changing but it, it even goes down to the level of you know earlier I was talking about those record representatives and the people that I talked to and the the records that get quote-unquote serviced to us because that's what it's called when they're working you know radio stations on a record they'll call like Over half of the records more than that. I'd say probably 75%. And I'm just pulling these. I don't have the exact percentages, right? Mm -hmm. But I would say a majority of the music that we got worked on a regular basis were white guys. And that was it for a very long time. And so there would be, you know, some women sprinkled in there sporadically. Um, Maybe women of color, you know maybe men of color every once in a long while, but it was not something that was a majority. And John, at first, he worked very, very hard to make sure even just the the male-to-female ratio was as even as possible. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and you know, had to search those records out because they weren't being worked to him. Those submissions weren't coming in, and the the submissions from the record labels weren't coming in. And how much of that is systemic right how much of that plays into the culture how much of it goes down to, to the same exact reason why even just from a gender standpoint not even starting to work in diversity when it comes to race from a gender standpoint if you look at the majority of doctors lawyers engineers does that also flow over into the music industry and I think absolutely yes it does mm-hmm. and so talking about problems that the industry face I mean I think it's the same problems face the music industry that face a lot of industries and i think the lens is on right now the microphone is open and it's just again making sure that the lens stays on and the microphone Mm -hmm. stays open because we've and it, it is up to people who have the ability to make those changes to stay cognizant and to stay focused and to make sure that they're sustaining those changes even when things quote unquote if they calm down which honestly when it comes to this, I don't think they can calm down. I don't think they need to calm down because I think people need to stay aware because mm-hmm. they, these inequities exist and it's time for a change.
0: Yeah, and and you're really talking about the awareness aspect of it. That's the important thing as far as like why this is happening now, you know, because I do hear comments from people that are like, well, you're just doing this because this is what's happening in America. And it's like, no, this is it's an evolving thing. And I know that we have... We've seen this at the station. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the last few years because our playlist has evolved a bit more. You know, it's like like you said, there's always been attention paid to um with to rep- representation and that was something I learned early on. It's like I heard so many female artists on the bridge. Yeah. Um more than I feel like I've heard on any other station. Um so I knew before I even really knew about how the playlist was curated that there was, there was a lot of careful attention paid to that. So, right. So now, you know, now we're at a point where we are bringing in a lot of different music than we had before, and so there's been some pushback on that because people have noticed the sounds of our station is a bit different now.
1: I yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad that you brought this up too because it's one of those things that maybe not the easiest thing to talk about. I know, I've had many long time listeners. I've had conversations with people about this because it's a change. And I know that bridge listeners in particular are, they crave discovery and that discovery can come in so many different forms and formats. And the bridge is known for a certain kind of discovery. And a lot of that discovery does go back to kind of straight ahead indie and You know, and there are also blues and things like that. But when you start to incorporate diversity in all kinds of different forms and variety, like if you start to put like dance music in there, electronic music or something that's a little bit heavier or something that's more like hip hop laden or hip hop heavy, those things are enough. They're different enough that they start to really make people kind of sit up and pay more attention Mm -hmm. and also they're at a certain level, they cause a certain amount of dissonance that other things maybe don't. And whether that be because there are these underlying ideologies about what that music might represent, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times, particularly in relation to Mm hip-hop, if you are taught over years that hip-hop is laden with misogynistic, you know, whatever like stereotype you can think of. If you're right. taught over the years that that sound equals that message, then it's it might be something that's harder to sit back and really start to listen to the lyrics because there's a switch that gets flipped. It, right. You know, again, that's that cognitive dissonance at play. Mm-hmm. And 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 who knows? Like maybe you just don't like talk singing. You know, maybe that's just yeah. something that you're not into. Which is you know totally okay. That's totally fine. You're <laughs> yeah. totally allowed to have your opinions. Mm-hmm. There's, it's, Absolutely. We are not going to add things on the station that don't have merit. And all forms, there are so many different forms of music that have so much merit that need to be heard. And if we're talking about diversity and representation, then putting, giving an avenue, providing a source to be that source for those types, for for music, for discovery, is part of what we should be doing it's part of the the cultural resource that we are and so that's been an interesting thing to be able to do and i'm hoping you know over time that people can um that people find some of their favorite bands in those things that they weren't necessarily automatically drawn to Mm -hmm. because and if they don't cool but again if you don't hear something on the bridge that you don't like then we're not doing our job And so it's all about that music discovery and pushing the boundaries while also being important, an important resource in representing that discovery from all facets. Mm -hmm. And there are so many of those facets that the depth, the richness and the depth is just, it's ridiculous. And so I'm really happy that we're able to stretch out as much as we are. I think it's, I think it's been pretty amazing, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, so there's that.
0: Yeah. And it's fun because we all I I feel like I can speak for all of us at the station by saying that we all are discovering different things because of all the different kinds of music that's coming in, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even just in Kansas City, I mean, we talk about this Mm -hmm. on a national, international level. You can imagine the, the amount of submissions that are coming in. But I mean, just from a local standpoint, the fact that we have all of those different facets represented right here in our city, And the fact that, again, that we're able to bring them to you as a listener supported music discovery radio station, because that really is what it's all about. Absolutely. And now that you mention it,
0: as far as Kansas City artists go, um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some artists that you enjoy, uh, people that have been kind of influential on you I guess I don't know if influential is the right word I mean it
1: that's fine yeah I mean influential I mean music influences us in a lot of different ways and so I'm totally okay with that this is really hard (laughs) (laughs) because there's a lot of it and if you're wanting me to like limit I have I have trouble with that I've always been one of those people that's like (laughs) what's your favorite type of music what are you talking about (laughs) music is my favorite type of music and you told me that we were going to probably be talking about this, and so I'm. Uh, I, so I did think about it a little bit. I will say, if I look at this from a in a time frame, right, then that makes it a little bit easier. And so going back, you know, to my early days as a teen, and being, you know, I I spent a lot of time in Warrensburg, Missouri. Which I mean, if you're not familiar, it's about forty five miles east. Of Kansas City. And so I um, so my local music scene there was a little bit different than the Kansas City music scene. You know I was out of the music scene. But I will say the the band, one of the bands that I really became enamored with that I knew was out of Kansas City, and I was so excited. And one of the members of that band also spent some time in Warrensburg, too, mm-hmm. was Frog Pond. Yep. And so it kind of started there in regard to Kansas City local musicians. And then just kind of went from there. I mean, then we moved up here. Uh, We moved to Kansas City whenever the bridge moved to Kansas City. And some of my first interactions there were also bands I had had interactions with in Warrensburg. But like, so Me Like Bees and Not A Planet, I saw them play, um, you know, in Warrensburg. And it was... I was like, oh, I love these bands. Who are these bands? <laughs> of course, me like bees is out of Joplin. They're not really a Kansas right, City yeah. band, but Not A Planet. And then I got to interact with Not A Planet when I came up here. And those guys are amazing. And I know you're playing with Nate's band right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> like, and also, you know, Friends of the Station, um, Not A Planet. You know, but there are so many. So Madison Ward and the Mama Bear, of course, mm-hmm. just because I got a chance to meet Madison. Um, I think you probably introduced me to Madison at Folk Alliance. at oh, Folk Alliance, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep, probably. But I had listened to their music before that and I fell in love with it because, again, it was different. It didn't sound like Mm -hmm. anything else. And Madison and Ruth, the way that their voices, oh, man, it's just so good. The lyricism, they're just such a fantastic band. Mm -hmm. So those are bands that I, they really kind of drew me in deeper into the local music scene as it stands or as it has stood for the past say. You know, the bridge has been up here since... 2013 technically Mm -hmm. so for the past like over the past seven years some of the bands that kind of drew me in and then we just get so many submissions on a regular basis that it's like I'm constantly discovering new music that I'm in love with and so I'm not a player right I don't play in bands I'm not a yeah shut up (laughs) I'm not a player she's not, she's not. (laughs) not yeah I'm all I've also been married for like 20 years not that kind of player but I don't play any instruments in any bands and so when we say, I know that question is probably kind of more geared toward musicians, and so it is a little bit different, but bands Mm -hmm. that I have fallen in love with, that I really like, that uh, just made me, when I talk to people, like family members in New Jersey, and I tell them about local bands, I think they should be listening to some of the bands that come across are those bands, and you know, also of course, like Haha, Tonka and Hilux. I really, really love. Um, yes, you are now Kiana White. I'm a really big fan of. Yeah, <laughs> local more new local stuff. I really dig Silver Girls' new stuff and Daniel Gum's amazing. <laughs> if we're talking about like brand new, there's brand lot, new stuff, there's a lot of good there's stuff. There's a lot man. of stuff. Other Americans is a pretty awesome oh, band.
0: <laughs> I got practice with them in a couple minutes. <laughs> I'm
1: late. <laughs> I mean, there are just there are a lot of there are a ton of really good bands in Kansas City. And I know they went, you know, the great thing about being able to be here at the bridge also is that while I was in Warrensburg and I wasn't really into like hooked into, clued into what was going on in Kansas City. There were <laughs> there's gen like decades of music that I was unaware of that was being made that I have become more aware of now that I'm here and I get to have these conversations on a regular basis with yes. people like you or when we have people come in or we've got eight one six days and we're like we're tasked with going back through the decades and I get to find out, you know, like to really delve into, for instance, like seasons to risks catalog, right? Which oh, yeah, and absolutely. I wasn't, you know, aware of, but the bridge made it possible for me to make that connection and just be like, oh my God, mm-hmm. why did I not know about this band when it was happening? Because I would have been able to go see them live. Yeah. Um Yeah, so music discovery constantly taking place. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, yeah, and that's part of why we encourage people to listen to music from Kansas City because you have this access, too. Right. You know, it's like you love music and you, you know, you want to read about all these artists and like their songwriting process and how they got started and all this stuff. And when you get to listen to and go see bands and are based here, you know, you, you can get a deeper story, and you can get to know them and just right. kind of learn learn more about them and be a, a part of that community. oh too, man, you yeah, know?
1: and the guild. Like I don't remember at what point did we get that album? Oh yeah, what were Clarence. we doing? Um, that was whenever that the... was for
0: nineties week. Was it because they released an album? Yeah, I didn't know about that. Band I didn't know either. about the
1: Guild man. I've yeah. got oh, that is such a good album. I know from start to finish. It is you know, so If good. you like the new, okay. If you like this, then you like that. I, I, we um. will we will do that for you too, I guess. <laughs> but if you like the new Run the Jewels album, if you get a chance to go so back good. to. The Guild, because what they did on that album in 2000, I think yeah. it was like the end, like 99 into 2000. 99. So it was the mm-hmm. end of the 90s, like into 2000. And what they did with like, if you love the new Run the Jewels album, you, I think you will really dig that out. Was mm-hmm. it a self-titled? I can't remember. Was that the uh, whole? Co- was it I Codes? Think, or codes maybe and Ciphers. Codes and Ciphers. Yes, yeah, right? Codes and Ciphers, okay. man. Yeah, check out The Guild, so going good. back to 2000. Mm-hmm. But again, I had no idea and Same. when it was happening yeah. but finding out about it now Would never too late it. never too late yep <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> so i um i don't really know if that answered your question well because <laughs> it did, it did again because influence i just i could go I, there are so many good bands in the city yeah. and i want to mention them all and i know i'm not saying bands that i feel really bad about not saying because i love so much music mm-hmm. from artists here in Kansas City so yeah that's that that basically is is my answer <laughs> I love Kansas City musicians. (laughs) I know that there's a ton more to discover that I don't know. And I look forward to, I I just look forward to constantly discovering more music. And so that is an ever-evolving answer. How's that?
0: That's great. That's great. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thanks. I love it.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: One last thing I want to talk about before you go is, since we're on this idea of local artists, Kansas City artists, um, one thing the bridge does is we call our Kansas City artists local 909. Yeah. And that's a thing that I know I've even personally kind of pushed back on at times, because as a local artist, quote unquote, sometimes the idea of being a local artist kind of sounds pejorative, um, even though... When you have local food or locally sourced things, that's always a positive, you know. But right. when it comes to local music, it's sometimes a negative. So
1: I, I wanted you to kind of explain what, what that means to us at right. the bridge. See, so this is so funny because when we first came up here, we, got, we used to get a decent amount of pushback. I would have conversations with people in regard to that local music thing way back in the day. And, you know, when we'd go out to concerts and I would talk about local music to people, you know, because we used to go out to shows and hand out stuff. There used to be shows. There used to be shows and things (laughs) and like hand out stuff and talk to people like way back in the day. This is like uh, when we were still in Warrensburg. And at that time, I understood because it was like. I guess I had been immersed in the culture outside of the radio station to understand that, like, people thought that way about local music. Mm-hmm. And I was constantly like, kind of, like, pushing back on it, but being like, no, you don't understand. There are so many good bands. And then when we got up here, it's just become so ingrained in what we do that I didn't think it was as big of a thing anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I live in this so hardcore that, like, to me when I hear the word local music, it does make the same synopsis fire as local food or local, you know, whatever. And so I wasn't aware that bands still felt that people felt that way about their music until I talked to you and then a couple other people actually, and kind of brought me back to the, I guess, the larger (laughs) scale of how people still do that. And to me, it, if it's because they don't know about the bridge, then I guess I understand.
0: I think, I, I think the idea <laughs> right. behind it is more just like and in there, our it's minds, not our, as professional maybe because yeah, they it's like, be well, we're not just local We t- we tour or we do the, you know, it's yeah. like we're not just playing in Kansas City. So I think maybe that's what the idea is. Like right. we are professionals and, you know,
1: yeah. So I'm like I get it now, right. now. Well, no, I know you do. But like that's the thing is, that, that's what I was saying. Like, mm-hmm. like, letting me know, like at the world, at the world at large, still kind of maybe feels that way. Yeah. Kind of reminding me about that because I get so wrapped up in this world right. that I forget that people may still feel that way about mm-hmm. local music, and I think that it is because people think. That maybe okay. Well, you're not signed to a major label, so you haven't been vetted, right? right. Kind of one of those things, and yeah. so or you're not quote unquote professional because you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, but so you have to add the mis- you know, the the um ident- the qualifier. I'm a touring musician. I'm not yeah. just a yeah. local musician. Which again, I, I don't know if I really answered your question there, but I feel I've been so incredibly fortunate being here at the bridge because I know how good the Kansas city music community is. And so to me, like local music is nothing but positive local 909, nothing but positive. And I mean, and that's our duty and that's our goal. When we use that term local 909, that's one of the reasons why we use it to take that stigma (laughs) off, you know, to really like identify for people. I mean, I think that's, I don't know that that's why we started doing it, but I mean, I think that that, it serves that purpose, mm-hmm. whether we intended it to or not. I hope it does. Like, look, if I say this next musician, here's another local 909 artist, you know, or here's another track or a new track from Black Star Kids, local 909, then, then you know, okay, well, this person's from right here in Kansas City that kind of like, yeah, exactly. you know, puts a light bulb. And then when you hear their music and see, oh, this band is amazing, mm-hmm then i know that local... maybe i can go see them next week, exactly you know yeah well, then i know local is a good thing week, yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah absolutely and because so much we play on the station that even i have to like i have to look at i have to yes. shazam it and i'm yeah. just like who is this and it may or may not be local but when it is then you know and then you can perchance in the normal world go see them live yeah. or buy some of their merch at least or something like that you know yeah so i think i have also come around to yeah. that idea that it is definitely a good thing.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. I think redefining the word, like taking, we're taking the word local back for musicians. <laughs> right. Because it's like, it is a good word. It's a, you know, and in particularly like with Kansas city pride, like when I say something, Kansas city area pride too, because I don't want to leave out like <laughs> all of the fantastic musicians from the entire yeah, area. Absolutely. And we are very liberal with the term local. Oh, I yes. understand that. <laughs> yes, we are. We are. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> again there's if there's good music out there and they're from people from the region then Mm -hmm. we want you to know so
0: well I really appreciate you being here and I really appreciate everything you do to make Kansas City's music scene better because you do a lot and I am proud of you going back to the beginning oh (laughs) hey thanks Michelle (laughs) <laughs> but seriously though I mean you you do a lot behind the scenes you know we talk about all these performers who are out there doing stuff all the time and we we go out and see them but there are so many other people who are making it happen and helping helping us local artists just feel like we're feel more more valuable and
1: I appreciate like, you
0: yeah so thank you for being my first guest too <laughs> having me yeah this is
1: awesome anytime way to go
0: man i've already tried to pass along the hosting duties to you anyway so (laughs) might as well why don't you just join me like every every time (laughs) because we would
1: would we get it done
0: (laughs) uh i don't know i don't know (laughs) maybe not but i don't know we'll see Yeah, you can catch this podcast again. I think it's going to be a bi-monthly segment. Cool. And Sarah may or may not be here with me again next time. She probably won't be, but I'm going to try to talk her into it.
1: (laughs) Thank you seriously for having me, Michelle. And thank you for being you and Um, doing all the amazing things you do on a freaking minutely basis. Minutely. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, though, dude, like not to mention the 50,000 bands you're in. So way to to make things happen. Thank you. Thank you.
0: It's fun. You know, it's like I, I really just love getting to know people through all these different mediums that I get to do things in. So I feel really lucky too. So we will find out more about that in coming podcasts. Uh, thanks again for listening. This is Michelle Bacon with Station to Station, a production of Center Cut Records. Thanks for listening.